Welcome to my mom's podcast. Hi, I'm Marisa Calderon, and you're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I'm capturing the early childhood journeys of educators, including discussions and strategies on best practices for children, birth through third grade, and sharing them here for you. Hi, everybody. It's Marisa again. Welcome to another podcast episode. We are coming to you from lovely Pine Top Lakeside area here in Arizona in the White Mountain area. So how this happened, I'm going to introduce my guest in a little bit, but So for some of you guys um, that are new to listening to the podcast, so my part of my role is to kind of travel around with the kindergarten experience, part of the grant work that I do that's presented by a Lessie group. And I'm excited to come out to this side of the state because tonight I'm going to be at the, um, it's called Ready, Ready, Set, Go Kindergarten. It's a kindergarten readiness community event. That's being hosted at Sequoia Village School here in Sholo, Arizona. So I'm excited to connect with our kindergarten teachers and their parents. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to also connect and get a guest on the podcast. So I want to take this time to go ahead and have Michael kind of formally introduce himself. He did me the honors of (laughs) kind of last minute this week of getting on my podcast to help um, spread the awareness about what he does. Thank you, Marisa. Um, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I'm a new listener to the podcast. <laughs> awesome. With this one, I'll have to tune in more often. Um, so my name is Mike Gaffney, and I am an outreach coordinator for Arizona PBS Educational Outreach. And we are First Things First administrative home for the registry and the First Things First college scholarships that funds um, CDAs, AAs, and BA degrees for those working in early childhood, zero to five. So tell me, what is your typical, uh, what does that look like? I always ask my guests, what's the typical way that that your position, what does that look like? So we're very involved with um, the local colleges and up in our region, it's Northam Pioneer College, uh, Danae College up in Salee. They also have uh, a campus in what counties? So Navajo and Apache. Okay, yes. County most, yeah, mostly. Perfect. I do a little bit of work in Coconino County, but really I serve the first things first regions of Navajo Nation, um, Apache and Navajo County outside the reservation area, and White Mountain Apache. Wow. So if you think of the map of Arizona, it's kind of the northeast section, and we have. Seven, uh, six other outreach coordinators that cover different geographic locations throughout the state. Um, we have three people down kind of in the metro Phoenix area. And then um, Christine covers South Tucson and Southeast Arizona. Um, Tammy Lee covers kind of North Central, Coconino, yeah, Yavapai, yeah. Gila. And then Susanna is out in Yuma and pretty much the whole western part of the state from the Mexican border to the yeah. California-Utah border. People don't realize how vast our state is. I mean, it. I don't know if it's because you do have these flat areas and these mountainous areas, but we have a humongous community outside of Maricopa County that I'm so thankful that we have folks like you that are connecting with them, especially with our early childhood population. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing state. I yeah. grew up back East and, you know, when I tell people, oh, we live in Arizona, they, they say, oh, it must be hot. And, you know, no. we have a ski area 50 <laughs> minutes from our from our house with, in the, with the White Mountain Apache uh, Sunrise Ski Area. Yeah. You know, and people don't understand that. But, you know, the geography is amazing of the state. And um, I get to see some beautiful areas. Yeah, that's uh, what I love part. about it and meet so many different people. And mm-hmm. we all kind of have some some of those same stories and frustrations. and But we all want to do the best with families and children. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm so glad we were able to connect today. Um, but I want to know, cause I know we kind of briefly talked about this before we started recording. You are a parent mm-hmm. and tell me what you were doing before this position. So before I was a stay at home dad, that's awesome. I was a stay at home dad. Uh, we moved from Baltimore, Maryland wow. here. Um, my wife's from the Gallup, New Mexico area. So okay. she has roots fairly close. Um, and when our son was born, Michael, our, our first child, he was born in, in Maryland and we wanted to come back, you know, shortly after he was born, we were there for school and we worked a few years there. Um, and then my wife works with Indian health service. Okay. So she grew up in a reservation town in New Mexico. Um, and she knew she wanted to serve that population. So when we decided to come back, um, she wanted to be close to home. Yeah. And, um, it's uh, awesome yeah, that you guys are able to come cool, back here. And, cool place to work. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you decide to, to have this position? So I got involved as we, we have two ch- children now, Michael's nine and Leah's eight. Um, we were living on the White Mountain Apache reservation. Um, when we moved there, Michael was like 10 months old and then a year later, Leah came along. And mm-hmm. um, so we were looking for places to send them. Yeah. You know, I was a stay-at-home dad, so I was home with them. But we wanted the socialization yeah. just for them to be in a classroom with other kids. Um, you know, we had neighbors with children, too. Um, but we thought that was important for them to, you know, be part of the community, be part of the culture. Yes. And um, we wanted them around Apache kids. Mm-hmm. So we we put Michael first in, I think when he was two years old, in the child care at, I'll just say, high school. Okay. They have a, a CTE program, career and technical education yeah. program, where um, some of their students also work in the in child care. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And so that was great. He learned to speak some Apache and was around um, the culture and you know, we'd go through town and everybody, knew, this little blue eye kid, everybody oh, knew him in town it. and they'd be like, Michael, oh, Michael. And the parents knew him. And I didn't, sometimes <laughs> I didn't know anybody, <laughs> but he knew, he knew everybody and they knew him. Um, so that was really neat. And then when Leah um, became, when she, I think, started there too, uh, when she was two and had the same experience, um, and going in and out of the center, I started seeing flyers and things for First Things First. And I was like, oh, what is that? Um, and uh, so I, you know, I asked at the center and the center director at, I'll just say, Beginnings was the chair and still is the chair for the First Things First Regional Council for White Mountain Apache, Laurel wow. Enfield. Okay. And... Um, so she said, well, we have positions open on our council. So why don't, you know, why don't you apply? Start that way. 
So I, it took me a little while and I kind of procrastinated, but after, after some time I applied for the position. So I, I started out as a first things first council. As a parent. Member, as the parent. Well, it was, it, you know, first things first, the, the councils are made up of all yes. these diff by, by design, all these different community members, yes. parent, school administrators, yes, so on and so forth. Yeah. And, um, there was just a vacancy and the positions are for four years and it's a very lengthy application <laughs> process. I was like, I've had jobs, you know, I think important jobs that weren't as involved as this application. So, wow. um, but I, I was filling in one of the vacancies for two years and then um, they put me in the parent seat for um, a four year term, which is just ending okay. now. Um but it's been such a learning experience for me because I didn't like my backgrounds in political science, and then I got a, a master's degree in social work, but more on policy and yeah, advocacy yeah. side of things. Wow. And so, you know, early childhood, I never thought, I never. But thought, I think that's know. amazing because you have that perspective of that field, political science, the social work field, which is which can be super beneficial and similar, you know, helpful with mm -hmm. early childhood. And as a parent as well. So mm -hmm. you're an advocate in all of those arenas. So you can definitely relate to your community, I feel mm -hmm. like. Yeah, it's it's been really kind of neat. And one of the other things that I did before coming to getting involved in early childhood was I worked for youth corps. Okay. Um, conservation corps um, in California and in Maryland. And then um, we have a local I have it on my water bottle right here, the Arizona Conservation Corps. And they serve um, youth. We call them opportunity youth. They used to call them at-risk youth. Okay. 18 to 25-year-olds that are not in college and not working. So yeah, they're just kind yeah. of at that stage where they're trying to figure out what yeah. they're trying to do. So the youth corps model or conservation corps model gives folks that age um, – opportunities to kind of figure what they want to do out in life and but through that experience I a lot of not not all but a lot of the the young people that find themselves in a youth corps have you know have had early childhood experiences or just life experience traumatic and or maybe yes exactly yeah. or just you yeah. know come from environments that just a lot of toxic stress. Mm -hmm. And so I saw that and, and you know, gang, these are great programs for kind of gang intervention too, because they give, uh, they help to channel that energy that young people have into something positive. And so they can still be engaged in those risky behaviors, but it's like doing conservation work and maybe you're, yeah. you know, living out in the wilderness and kind of roughing it and things and doing stuff that are, that are, that are risky, but in a good controlled way, yes. instead of just being yes, out. Yes, we talk you know. <laughs> about with little kids about risk-taking, risk, risk taking, the importance of that. But <laughs> So it reminds me of that concept. Um, but you also are hitting on, so tell me about what's what, what's been the most challenging, like what position has been more challenging for you? Doing youth corps? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... I I love the youth corps. I spent a lot of years um, before I went to graduate school in, in youth corps. And I really learned um, a lot from my core members. We call them core members. Yeah. They taught me a lot. Like I went to college and, but I got my education in the youth corps because yeah. I got to see a different perspective and um, 
people from different cultures and backgrounds and things that, you know, growing up in the suburbs, I just didn't know about. And so it changed my kind of worldview of how systems can also, can often, you know, keep people from achieving success. Um, and the youth corps, we always think of the youth corps as a, as a stepping stone to something um, to put you on a career path yep, yep. or an education path and, and, and open your mind to possibilities. Yeah. And um, a lot of the people that come into youth corps have, maybe haven't had a lot of success in academics and school, maybe in life and relationships. And so we try to build um, on people's strengths and just kind of open up some windows and open up some minds to see that, you know, there's, there's, there's a big world out there. And, and I know I'm going to get asked about this program. So I will put a link to this on our show notes as well. And I'll post this out because I'm sure parents are always looking for that next move for their youth. If mm-hmm. we, you know, we have folks that not just have children that are under eight, but also we have um, our high school uh, kids as well, parents that have youth. So I know mm-hmm. I'm going to get asked that about this mm-hmm. program. Um, I want to take you to the, your current position that you have right now. We'll, we'll get to like what you do as far as what's the activities and the events that you guys got going on. But uh, do you feel like there in, there is a misconception about the work that you do? Any misconceptions? I don't, I don't think so. I think we're pretty plugged in to, like I said, the relationships we have with the colleges and then with centers, child care centers, where we find most of um, the scholars yeah. that want to take advantage of what the registry and the college, the First Things First scholarships are. So we, I feel that they um, understand, but, but for some, it's brand new yeah. information for them. But usually they're pretty excited when they can find out that First Things First or someone besides themselves and and it's you know it's something we're working on is is the pay about you know the, the lack of pay yes. in early childhood um, and, and so in addition to I, I also am at an adjunct professor at um, Northland Pioneer College and I always tell folks when I go into centers and I talk, tell them about the scholarship I say um, I teach at the college, and what I do is, is way easier than what you have to do every day. You know, when you're work, just the the skill set and the knowledge, skills, and and just abilities that early childhood teachers have to have. It's just so dynamic. Every kid is different. Yeah. Um, at the college level, it's kind of, this is the course. It's very scripted in some ways. You know, I try to bring in a lot of personal experiences, you know, from the students into the class. But um, early childhood professionals, have, you know, just have way more yes. complex um, skills or need of way more complex in the things that they have to deal with every day. You know, because yes. kids are coming from all different backgrounds. Some are coming from homes that are very nurturing and other kids, you know, you might be as the teacher, the one kind of stable person in their life. 
that can really make a difference. And we, and we see that, and we know those stories about how people um, had that one person. And know, some remember. people, if you're lucky, you've yeah. had many people in your I've life. I've spoken with um, youth and adults, and I always ask them about, for example, their preschool teacher or their kindergarten teacher. And, you know, a lot of times um, they will remember good or good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> good and bad. And so I know we talk about this with those educators of making that positive impact when that child is in their classroom, um, because that might be the only the only time they have that. Mm-hmm. Um, take me to your, the program now. Take me to the registry and what you guys are providing and, and trying to push out. Okay, so the big, kind of the big carrot is the college scholarships. So um, people making less than $20 an hour that are working with or on behalf of zero to five-year-olds in the state um, can receive free tuition, books, and course fees for um, the attainment of an associate degree or a bachelor's degree and a CDA. So first things first, um, feels so strongly that we need a well-qualified workforce for early childhood that they are willing to put their money where their mouth is. So it's very easy. It's a very easy scholarship. I've seen some of the tribal scholarships, some of the you know Rotary Club scholarships where you have to write essays or have a lot. It's six really simple documents that um, the scholar, we call them scholars, mm-hmm. um, they can they create a registry account and it's an online system and that registry account um, serves as a depository for all their professional development um, certificates. We're trying to get more instructors into the registry so they can post and advertise their professional development instruction. Um, some of the state departments are doing that already, like DES. Mm-hmm. Um, so those professionals, they can track their professional development, so can the center director. So it function, the registry functions both as an administrative tool for both um, center directors and individual employees, um, and it also serves as that place to apply for college scholarships. Yes. I mean, we've talked about the incentives for continuing this in this field, for some of our early childhood educators, they might be at that pitchfork on the road where they're like, I don't know if I want to continue this or it's, or I can't afford to continue and finish this, mm-hmm. finish this degree. So I'm always trying to push this information out to reach more people beyond Maricopa County so that it reaches our listeners that are within Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um what do you guys have going on? How, how do they learn more? Where, where can they get more information? So I always tell people the first step, if, if they're not already a scholar, the first step is find a program at your local college. And whether that's your community college, and we know it's a lot cheaper to get your community college work done those first two years, you're going to pay a fraction of the cost as you would at a four-year college for the same course. So um, in our area, we don't have any four-year 
college is yeah. close by. The closest one would be NAU, which right. is two and a half hours away. But we have a great community college. It's part of the state system, Northland Pioneer College. They're based in Holbrook, but then they have nine different campuses slash centers in the area. So they have one in White River. They have uh, one in Kienta, uh, one in Hopi. Yes. I so on that. the reservations, and then they have one in Winslow, um, Snowflake Taylor. They're you know they're kind of scattered around. So that you know, people can yeah folks. it reaches you know sometimes transportation of course is an issue even. What about know, online? Is it is, if the student wants to do it? through the online process is that the, do the scholarships cover that as well? They could do online courses okay. too. Um, so we have a lot of our BAs will do online courses. Okay. Um, and our BA, the BA funding is a little bit different. The associates and the CDA is covered out of the um, first things for statewide funding. Mm -hmm. The BAs, each first things first region decides how many BAs, if any, they want to fund. So we're lucky in our region, Navajo Nation has the most, the Regional Partnership Council for First Things First, they fund they, they fund 20. That's and great. they're going to up it to 25. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the biggest um, funder in the state as far as First Things yeah. First regions. Yeah. Um, and Navajo Apache, First Things First region, has two BAs available that are currently filled. And then White Mountain Apache also has two BAs, one of which is filled. And the other one, I was just talking to a scholar this morning and had been talking to her. She's already uploading her documents. So I, I, there are, there's definitely more interest in the BAs in our region. Um, and we have two, two schools, um, Diné College and Navajo Technical College, Diné College is in Salie, way up in the northeast um, part of the state. Beautiful area. Yeah. Canyon de Chez is right there, um, and then NTU is just a few miles west down the canyon um, in Chinle. And the professors there, as with MPC, are just amazing. They go the extra mile. Um, they are also the chairs of the early childhood departments at those schools, and and they do anything for their students. So they're, they want you to amazing. succeed. They do. They and want they you to succeed. So if um, I know sometimes the application process can be a little scary for some folks. I know for myself, um, I I remember having uh, like Lisa Cobb is one of the other outreach coordinators would sit down with people and help them um, log in, create their login registry profile. Mm -hmm. Like there's this really nice customer service um, side to this that I really have to point out and give a bunch of kudos to, because I think that that first step is always the hardest and sometimes people hesitate for it. Um, maybe folks don't have an email address, you know, creating an email, um, and just kind of holding your hand and walking you mm -hmm. through that process if you need to. And there's no judgment. They, they yeah. want you to succeed. <laughs> yeah. That's what that that's that's really true. And that's something that Mark Becker, our director, and it really infuses with our staff is that customer service piece. 
And so what we do in this region, which is, I don't think it's unique. Um, maybe in some ways it is with, with, and I'll get to it in a minute, the way we do it with MPC, but we, we have these scholarship parties where we bring the student, the faculty member, and the technology all together in one place um, so that we get everything done. So there's no loose ends that have to be tied up. It, everything, so from the college advisement yeah. for what that student, what courses they're going to take that next semester to applying for the scholarship. Um, because in our area, there's, there's definitely a digital divide. Many people, they may have internet at their workplace, but, not at but home. they're busy. They might be busy all day with their with the kids in the classroom. They might not have time, oh, and yeah. not at home. Definitely, yeah, a lot of people region, do not have internet yeah. at home. So, if we don't get it done there, they may not enroll. So yes. we try to we try to really provide that hands on customer service and get it all done. And you know, I've had I've had folks that can't find you. On the keyboard, and that's okay. Yeah, we meet them. And this is from my social work background. We meet clients, or you know, we call them clients, or in this case, scholars. We meet them where they are, and yep. we just help them. Um, you know, have to sit with someone for an hour so that they can just type in their name and create their registry profile first. Then that's what we do. And I think I want to mention that it doesn't matter the generation that you are in. It we, I mean, it could be uh, millennials to the baby boomers. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I know I feel like I'm pretty competent with tech, but there's there are some things that I'm not confident with. And um, with this program through First Things First, I noticed that um, it doesn't matter the age. Don't, it's okay. We'll walk you through it. Like I've seen the, the regional Folks, they'll, they'll walk the, the provider or the educator through it and um, follow up. So it's just, it's really user-friendly. I, I love the communal feel to mm-hmm. it, um, that they really want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, I, I always try to do a big shout out for that because I think um, while you can do something in the privacy of your own home, perhaps, and do this online process, there's nothing about the experience and feeling supported. Yeah. with somebody else that's actually there um, helping you along. And, and it's great when we go to a center. So we either do it at the college campus or we'll go to centers, especially with MPC, because they have this unique um, class delivery system where they will actually send adjunct professors out to centers that are far away from one of their MPC branches, mm-hmm. like in the Fort Defiance area near Window Rock. Yeah where they don't have their closest campus is Holbrook. Well, that's yeah. like an hour and a half drive. So they actually deliver the courses to the center. So those professionals, they're in cohort groups. So the adjunct professor will go out there, meet with usually one-on-one during their lunch break or whenever they can get coverage and come out of their classroom and they go over these, you know, it's usually like they get their assignments for the week and then the professor comes back the next week to go over that assignment. So that's really unique. And we'll we'll bring in centers from the surrounding area 
and that communal feel. Every you know, we'll we'll get in a computer lab and everybody's on the yeah. and I'm running around like crazy trying to <laughs> see if who needs help. You know, they meet with the college professor first, they do their education plan, then we scan the documents and we upload the document. It's like an assembly line, but yeah. it's fun. And that's why we call it a college uh, scholarship party, party because it's just like everybody's there. You know, there's that communal feeling. Hey, we're all we're all in this together. We're all learning together. And so, no matter what age you are, like you know, being a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. that's an important part of being a professional. You're always trying to keep on top of whatever the latest trend is, trend is yeah, or research. whatever the research is saying. And so, um, try to create that environment it's, yeah. it's really fun and and, I, and and there is a big difference between millennials i i grew up and and went to college before the internet you know yeah and i had a personal computer in college but in high school we hand wrote our papers yeah. you know so wow. i'm not like you said you're pretty confident with i'm not super great with technology i'd rather not i just figured out how to use an iphone you know when i took this job i'm like what the? i'm still learning you i've know, actually but, embraced you know. like side note i've actually embraced more technology with my position because i travel so much with it and we've done these cohort type of webinar like i have a a a platform called zoom and we've been able to connect with like our window rock teachers they all um gather in one classroom where there's this, where they get the best internet from and have our little discussions about, you know, our practice um, just because I need to be able to, I want to, I want to be able to support the teachers when they're struggling with trying to log on and whatnot. So well, you'll have to give me yeah, some pointers. So I'm like, no, I, I'm totally embracing technology <laughs> because it's been the really best way for us, at least um, with the grant to connect with educators because the state is so vast mm-hmm. where I, I might not be able to go to window rock every week um, or these other um, like we did something in Chinle or these other areas. Mm-hmm. But if like, well, let's find one spot that has internet and let's plan a time and we'll log on and, and I'll walk mm-hmm. you through it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I'm, that's great. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I'm glad. I'm, and I'm, and I know that there's going to be folks that are listening in this area um, that are going to be hopefully checking that out. Just check it out. I mean, let's see your email, how people can connect with you. Yeah. If they, they want to connect with me personally um, in this area. Yeah. My email is Michael M I C H A E L dot J as in jump dot Gaffney. G as in George, A as in Apple, FF as in Frank, N-E-Y at A-S-U dot E-D-U. Yes. And can I give out my phone number? If you if you yeah. like. 480-532-5550. And then you can check out the... Um, First things first, registry. If you just go to azearlychildhood.org and everything's there. So it's an online system. Yes. Um, but like like you were saying, it's great to use the technology, but nothing it's, for yeah. us, the yes. face-to-face. Is, yeah, and we, so that. we try to do that. We do try to use the technology as much as we can, but um, it's usually after yes, we the initial. Ex- the initial relationship because it's so important, especially in these rural communities. 
the relationships I think are um, some of the you know that's that's, that's the, the key that's the key and the, and it's so wonderful yeah. once you build those relationships um, and then you can do the online stuff and the inter <laughs> in the you know in the, <laughs> the Zoom or whatever well, you do you know, because I, I know you and no I know I know like we have like the bright by text stuff that mm-hmm. if, if parents want to do that I don't know if anybody has if they missed that from, I, I think I've mentioned in a couple of podcast episodes back for parents, if you do have text, but like I said, it depends on your service provider and what region you're at. But um, so yeah, you know, technology uh, as needed for sure. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else um, you want to mention before I let you go? Any other announcements, how to reach your community, anything I know that the colleges right now are opening up for summer okay. and fall registrations. Um, I have the right in front of me. You can't see it, but I have the early childhood education at Northland Pioneer College flyer. And I'll post this out on oh, your great. social media as well. Um, and I can also try to get you the links for Denae College and NTU since we're talking about this region of yes. the state. Um, now's the time if you're thinking of scholarships is to meet with your advisor if you haven't already um, and upload your college scholarship. Or if you get enough people together at your where you work, um, Give me a call and we come up and do a scholarship party. Perhaps. Oh, how fun. Yeah. And you got to take pictures of that. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, it. I do. I have. I want to see it. Yeah. Some people are real. You know, people no, don't I, want their no, pictures. Taken, I have very. So I always... Oh, trust me. I work with the teachers. <laughs> I do very strategic angled pictures. <laughs> yes, I know. So you can't identify. Yes. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today and beyond the podcast so hopefully you guys found this information useful any questions i mean you guys can always uh email my me you know directly at marissa marissa m-a-r-i-s-s-a at earlychildhoodjourneys.com so thank you so much thank you marissa mm-hmm.